The offseason for the Arizona Cardinals has been, as I said yesterday, confusing. Another national media member is going to give his thoughts on the Cardinals offseason and Kyler Murray's future. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Here we go. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast and Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Listen, um, we've had a big guest train coming through this offseason. I feel like it's more fun than just me recycling the same things with different angles. Um, Benjamin Albright yesterday, another big boy in the industry, breaking news for all professional football teams Part of, part of the Pro Football Focus mastermind, Ari Mayrov. Uh, man, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, Alex. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And, and you know, I wanted to have you on today because um, I know that you uh, covered in a, in a recent podcast with Trevor Sikkim of filling in, a friend of the show, uh, one of my boys, about Kyler Murray's contract extension. I'm going to talk about that in the second segment, but this offseason, in my opinion, and I could be too close to it, disagree with me, please, if you need to. I just don't – if I'm reading a book, there, like, there's no storyline to this Cardinals offseason. There's no hero. There's no lead character. There's a bunch of antagonists, and it just like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. To you, from the end of the 2021 season through now, do you see a clear direction – for the future of this organization? It's an interesting question because you're right. You, you feel like whenever you have a quarterback in his rookie contract, you should be really always pushing forward during these years. And in a way, it took a bit of a step back, letting guys leave. And in a way, like the guys who did leave, like Christian Kirk, I understand not paying that contract. Chandler Jones, I know he's a valuable player, but I understand if they didn't feel comfortable going to that amount of money. But you also feel like at some point they should be still trying to add more pieces the way they did last year. And the one that really, I guess, confused me a little bit was the Marquise Brown trade. Not because that they did it. I'm fine with it, and he's a great player. But giving up a first-round pick, okay fine let's do that but then also not getting a contract done with him you've basically thrown all the leverage towards his side eventually when it's time to do that contract right a first round pick is very valuable you know that so when you're giving up a first round pick his agent who is tory dandy who has been in the news a lot this 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 offseason for all all the receivers that he has from DK and Debo and AJ Brown and all those guys. Well, now he knows this team gave up a first round pick. His quarterback is his best friend. He sees the drama with his quarterback going on right now and how all that is going on. So he knows if it's going to be this offseason or next offseason, no matter what, they're going to want to keep this guy and he's going to play this year. If he gets the deal, fine. If not, eventually it'll be time to pay this guy and you see the wide receiver market where it's going right now he'll be able to take advantage of that so if there's one move that i really questioned the most was doing the trade without an extension then i guess just not being more aggressive to add more pieces especially to add more depth on this roster in case things happen injury wise and those type of things so um those would be the ones that i'm concerned about but i wouldn't be like the type of guy who's like oh the Cardinals aren't gonna be good this year I still think it's a decent team, and um, they have a great quarterback, which is ultimately what matters in this league. 
Ari Mayer of uh, Pro Football Focus at My Sports Update, one of the best followers out there. Listen, I agree. And, and But the thing is, like, I agree with you. you. You took the words out of my mouth when I've been saying that. I don't disagree with the move. It's not about the move. It's about what wasn't um, taken advantage of with that late first round pick, where now with the Rodney Hudson stuff that I guess there was a report out there that they, can you confirm? I don't know if you know this or not. We didn't script this at all, but like about the Cardinals knowing that Rodney Hudson was going the going to the draft. They knew that Rodney Hudson was contemplating retirement. I feel like if that's the case, that this was a huge misstep with Tyler Linderbaum and others there when you could pave the way for the future and have a potential all pro center ready on that rookie scale deal for the entirety and not just for a year, maybe two. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Rodney Hudson. It's one of those storylines right now in the NFL that hasn't been getting much national attention when it really should. Like he missed minicamp and like nobody mentioned it in the national media. When I reached out to his camp, they were basically didn't give much of an answer. So I don't know exactly what's going on. If retirement is a real thing though, yeah, I agree with you. Usually, especially when you know and the rest of the league does not know. Like we saw it a couple years ago when Joe Staley was retiring with the 49ers. Like they held that in until the draft happened and then they traded for Trent Williams. Then Staley announced his retirement before the rest of the league knew. So if you knew it was happening, you should have taken advantage of that by keeping that in being it private, and then eventually drafting your future center in the draft. So if that is happening, it's obviously a huge loss, but for now it's unconfirmed. So we'll see. What yeah, happens. really. And that, and, and thanks for that. Um, Alex Nancy locked on Cardinals. Please like subscribe, do the whole thing with YouTube, follow the podcast at locked on easy cards, follow Ari at my sports update for all up-to-date NFL news over pro football focus. You know, um, going back to the Hollywood Brown thing. And I don't know, again, the move understood they need to add depth what they saw. This is reactionary with the DeAndre Hopkins going down last year. And that being the, the frame of the catalyst for the downfall, when I think it's much larger than just number 10, number 10 for the Cardinals going down. Um, Steve Kahn does this. He over, he overcompensates for, for the year before Steve Wilkes to Cliff Kingsbury, two completely polar opposite guys, both probably shouldn't be head coaches in the NFL, but that's what Steve Kahn did. Now he's like, okay, Kyler, you want it? Here's all the offense you could possibly handle. Drafting Tyler McBride in, in, the, in, in the second round, which kind of baffled me too. I want to ask you about that. But is there a world that we live in where Marquise Brown can put up, well, say he puts up 80 catches, 1,400 yards, and 10 touchdowns or something. Pro Bowl numbers. Where he plays out 2023 on the deal he currently has, given what's happened with A.J. Brown, given what's happened with Debo Samuel. I'm sure they're going to get a contract done before the season starts. Like, how does that not go into Steve Kime's mind where it's like, this isn't a deal contract-wise. He's going to have to pay this dude almost immediately if he if he balls out like everybody expects he will. All right. That's not taking a shot at Steve Kime, but what the good GMs have done, whenever they give up high valuable draft picks, you want to get a deal done as well. We saw it in the draft. AJ Brown got traded. The only way the trade goes through for Howard Roseman if it's a deal is done. And again, it's the same agent as Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, Khalil Mack, same thing with him. We've seen similar trades in the past where it's first round picks, no deal gets done, and then the player takes advantage of it. Jalen Ramsey of the Rams, Laramie Tunsil of the Texans, Jamal Adams and the Seahawks. Mm. All those guys, two first round picks, no deal attached with it. They became the highest paid player at their position by a significant margin because of it, because they know the team is not going to let them go. They're going to have to pay them. So let's just really take advantage of it. So if Brown has an amazing year, it's not like it's a terrible problem to have. You have a superstar receiver now. The difference is that 
the receiver market right now is at 25 million a year, 26 million a year. He could go up to them and say, you know what? If I was still in Baltimore, I'm not getting that number. 100% I'm not. But now that I'm in Arizona, now that I'm with my best friend, now that this team gave up a first-round pick for me, they could either go the franchise tag route, which will eventually give me even more leverage, or they're going to have to pay me and give me a couple more million dollars than Baltimore would have had to do if I was still there. So that's the angle I'm looking at it. And if I was Steve Kime, and this trade was under wraps for a good four weeks, they should have been talks going on. The agent stayed quiet. Baltimore stayed quiet. Arizona stayed quiet. You might as well start talking about a contract as well. By not doing that part, I think there is potential for it to hurt to hurt them down the line when it comes to negotiation. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, um, at my sports update on Twitter for Ari, um, one more, then I want to get into Kyler next segment. Um, I've had this conversation with multiple people. Um, I host another show, a national show here on Thursdays, and my co-host and I got in this debate. If you knew that Tyler Boyd would have been the 23rd overall pick, and you knew what his career up to this point would be when you drafted him, would he have been a home run first round pick for you? for a wide receiver with the volatility at the position. Obviously it's becoming a little bit more potent now with receivers being more ready to play, but for every, you know, uh, Jamar chase, there's a Denzel Mims and John Ross. So would Tyler Boyd be a first round pick nailed for you with what he's done so far as kind of a baseline? You know, I don't think so. Just because look at the first round and look at the other positions that are available and Mm -hmm. what you could get over there. And then look at all these other receivers that are available in round two, three, four, five. Obviously not everyone's going to hit, but there has been, you know, the AG Browns and the Metcalfs and the McLaurins and the Renfro's and Amon Ross St. Browns. All those guys were picked two, three, four. So if you, if you take two of them and Carl's have done it, they did it in 2018 or 2019 when they took multiple receivers, all of them didn't pan out, but there's going to be a point where you could take one of those mid to late round picks and one of them is going to hit. So my stance has been with receivers in the first round, unless you believe the guy is special, like the Julio Jones, the Jamar Chase, I would prefer to go left tackle, defensive end, one of those premium positions instead of a receiver and try to wait to get one either in free agency or in the later rounds because there are so many available. And it's going to keep on doing that year after year. There are so many guys out there. And that's why teams like Kansas City, Green Bay were fine with trading away their top guys because they believe they could find somebody else with their star quarterback who will make them better. So in my opinion, a guy like a Tyler Boyd, who's an above average receiver, but if you get somebody else in the first round, I'll probably go with them. Um, I, if I have a co-hosting role opening, I'm going to text you because I feel like this would work out <laughs> very well. <laughs> Ari Mayro from Pro Football Focus at My Sports Update. Up next, all things Kyler Murray. Has he outgrown his head coach? Has he outgrown his agent? Is his agent doing things in 2022 like an agent's supposed to do in 2022? All that and more next. Locked on Cardinals first. BetOnline.net. We've talked about this. They've been around with us forever. They're your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Like, I wish baseball was my favorite sport because baseball is played like March Madness the first two days every day for six months. And if you need information, if you want reviews and news, BetOnline.net's got you covered. Baseball boxing, whatever the hell else is going on this summer. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events, including MMA as well, golf, the uh, the U.S. Open. I mean, the uh, the British Open's coming up in St. Andrews. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Second segment here, Friday edition, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, follow me on Twitter. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. 
free and available on all platforms. We've had kind of a potpourri of pro football focus this offseason. Uh, obviously, Trevor Sikkim would join me around the draft. Um, if you ever hear Trevor Sikkim say, Ari, um, the Cardinals need to eat their vegetables, I trademark that. Okay. He is just like, I'm his ghostwriter for, for some things. Plus we've got the red and the beard thing together. It works out really well. Then we had Connor McQuiston, the probably the smartest dude I've ever had on this show where he compared, where he was explaining how Cliff Kingsbury was a top five head coach in the NFL. I pretty much yelled at him for 30 minutes. Hopefully uh, he and I will not unfollow each other on Twitter. And then, you know, Ari, I really appreciate you joining me on my sports update on Twitter. One of the best insiders in the business does podcasts all over the place. Great Twitter follow. So we've done the Hollywood Brown thing. And the reason why I asked about uh, Tyler Boyd is because Hollywood Brown, I don't think there should be as much pressure on him as there is to just go out and put up 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns in his first year. Like wide receiver twos are severely undervalued and severely overlooked in the NFL. And with DeAndre Hopkins still here, you'd think through this year and next year, he doesn't have to be an all-pro wide receiver. He has to be a 1A at ground level and hoping, you know, he can shoot for the stars. So that's why I asked about the Tyler Boyd uh, mm-hmm. conversation. But Kyler Murray, okay, yep. scrapes his Instagram. His agent writes a love letter. The Cardinals don't respond. Um, the Cardinals are living in the Mesozoic era. Um, Eric Burkhardt and Kyler Murray are living in the Twitch video game 2022 era. Obviously, oil and water in some respects. Is Kyler Murray's agent doing the best thing for his client so far? Um, all right. So when this all started in February and March, I was just confused at the route he was trying to take because he just became eligible for an extension. And really, he knew that there were other quarterback deals that were coming, whether it was Rodgers. Um, I don't think we knew Watson would get a new deal, but ultimately he did. Stafford was coming up. Carr was coming up. You might as well let the quarterback market continue to grow instead of trying to get it right now, right away in February and March. So that whole thing was odd unless he felt like Arizona wasn't going to do it. So we had to put some pressure on them. But um, no, I don't think he's doing anything wrong by his client. I do think this thing actually ends up getting done. Hopefully before training camp, that's been the hope. And the reason why you would think it's going the right direction now is because everything had just calmed down, right? From where it was in February and March to where it is now. Eric Burkhardt, for people who don't know, he's a very outspoken agent. He did it with Kyler. If you guys remember Marcus May a couple of years ago with the Jets, that was a whole thing on Twitter. Whenever things are going wrong, he's not going to be that guy who goes to, I don't know, Schefter or somebody else and says, hey, do this for me. He'll do it on his own. All right. So the fact that everything's going well right now, that tells me the talks are going fine and eventually they'll figure it out. If something happens and he starts talking again, that's when you know you're having some trouble. But for now, I do think this 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 does get done. With that being said, the reason why this one is very important to me is because everyone is keeping a very close eye on this, especially agents. Because after Watson got his five-year fully guaranteed $230 million deal, everyone is wondering now, how will the next quarterback contract look like? So Kyler is the next young quarterback up for a new contract. Will he use that Watson deal as an outlier or will it become basically the new standard for top end quarterbacks? So if this deal comes in 85%, 90%, or even 100% fully guaranteed, moving forward, every top quarterback is going to get that deal. Watson, you're not an outlier anymore. If it's the traditional 60%, 65% guaranteed first two, three years, then um, 
we move on. Watson was his thing of his own, and we're back to the way it's always been. So that's the one thing I'll be keeping an eye on. Every agent out there is keeping an eye on it, and I think Eric Burkhardt has a lot of pressure because of that because everyone's keeping a very close eye on that part of it. Absolutely. Um, Ari Mayrov, Pro Football Focus, at my sports update. Like, And I've gone back and forth with this. I've never seen a fan base more split backing the front office and their uh, perpetual losing ways and Kyler Murray, like, he's too small. Like, all the lazy stuff. He's too small. He's injury prone. He's the reason why the downfall happened in 2020 and 2021. And it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Like, are you going to give the head coach credit when you're winning but not give him flack when they're losing and vice versa? Um, I've got my own thoughts. I don't want people hear me talk about it all the time. Um, Kyler Murray is an undersized quarterback. That is a fact. Okay? Kyler Murray is the best young quarterback the Arizona Cardinals have ever had. That's a fact. And also... I mean, this is loose numbers-wise, but 24 teams would give up three first-round picks and two players to get Kyler Murray. That's probably as close to a fact as one of my opinions can get. Shouldn't that be enough to say, you know what? I know the history says he should play another year. I know the history says this. The history for the Cardinals has been nothing but losing. And when you have somebody now who could be a beacon for the future, Plus, you could save money. Like, don't you dare compare Jared Goff and Carson Wentz to Kyler Murray. It's not about the play on the field in totality. It's about building a new organization, right? And if you want stability and you gave Cliff and Kime contract extensions already, why not do it today? Like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. Who cares? Do it today. Get it over with and move the hell on. That's my thoughts at least. My thing with Kyler, and I agree with you, you either have a quarterback in this league or you don't. And the Arizona has one right now. So you pay him. The thing for me, obviously, has to stay healthy. But the bigger thing for me is once Kyler is paid, they're going to have to start hitting on these draft picks. And that's been a bit of a weakness in Arizona for the last number of, number of years. So once you have that high-paid quarterback, you're going to need to have those cheap rookie contracts coming in and producing. Baltimore has that. The Rams have that. The Packers have that. The Chiefs have that. You can't have these drafts where your second, third, fourth, fifth round picks are coming in, doing nothing, and you're moving on from them because eventually you're going to have struggles. Kyler will get injured. The offensive line won't be good. The defense isn't stopping anyone. And eventually everyone's going to start blaming Kyler when really it's, it's the front office. They're, they're not hitting on these draft picks. You have to hit on those draft picks once you have a high-paid quarterback or else you're going to have trouble. So, no, I agree with you. Kyler is a great quarterback. There are questions about the size, but it fits what they're doing there. It fits what Cliff wants. Cliff and Kyler have the same agent as well, which is probably noteworthy. But point is, like, he's a quarterback who's a potential to be a superstar quarterback. Arizona has not had that in a very long time or really ever, and you haven't. So pay him. But once you do pay him, there is some serious, serious pressure to start hitting on these young, cheap talent, cheap draft picks players who come in and are able to produce and keep this roster intact, that you don't have that undrafted guy who doesn't know what he's doing out there playing. You have to have guys who know what they're doing and can produce for you. And eventually, I think from there, you'll have success. But again, once you start paying a quarterback top-end money, you have to make sure everyone else on your roster is hitting or else you'll find into some trouble. Agreed. And that's why Rodney Hudson, it just it's magnified to the nth. Rodney Hudson is the second most important person on this roster. And in my opinion, at least. And when you have a guy like that who can be somewhat of a stopgap for kind of a weaker guard position that the Cardinals, they had injuries and stuff last year. And, you know, it's 
if Kyler Murray's not protected, none of this is going to work. And if Kyler Murray doesn't get paid, he's not going to play for the Cardinals. Like, so it's it's two of those unfortunate truths that hopefully will get worked out. You know what? I was going to get you off the hook and only do two segments. We're doing five more minutes. I want to ask you about the 2022 season because 7-0 and to 10-2 and to 11-6 and to a pick six from Kyler Murray underhanded in the playoffs wasn't necessarily the storybook 11-6 and season the Cardinals wanted to have. Not all 11 and six seasons uh, are created equal. I still have the Cardinals winning 11 games this year. I want to talk to you about the 2022 season. Alex Clancy, Ari Mayro from Pro Football Focus. Five more minutes, baby, and then I'll get you in onto the weekend. We'll be right back. Locked on Cardinals. All right, final segment. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Ari Mayro, Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider. Does He's all over the place on Pro Football Focus at My Sports Update. Is there anything you want to pub? Is there anything coming up? Um, Probably just the Ari Mero of NFL show. We have Sam Monson on this week. The top 10 storylines to keep an eye on for training camp. Uh, I think it's a pretty good episode. Check it out. But um, yeah, that's about it. You've been getting everything. <laughs> Boom. There it is. All right. So we've talked Hollywood Brown. We've talked the Arizona Cardinals offseason. We've talked Kyler Murray under a microscope in various different angles because it's – if nothing else, the Arizona Cardinals are an absolute fun content circus. It just, it doesn't matter. Like there's every storyline in the books running. We haven't even broached the topic of DeAndre Hopkins potentially getting traded or not being an Arizona Cardinal to end his career. Like it went from best receiver in the league, in my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins was in Houston when he was getting a Michael Thomas target share with, 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 um, with Deshaun Watson to the Cardinals trading. Like, I mean, that was a birthday present for the Cardinals. I think that was a Bidwell to McNair handshake, get him out of here. And then, now where we are with PEDs and his injury last season, like, first of all, do you think opinion-wise, this is flat opinion, and I'm I'm qualifying is that, as that. Do you trust that he didn't know? that? And I, I implicitly do, because he's given us zero reason to think otherwise about the performance-enhancing stuff. And if you'd rather not comment, that's fine also, and we can move on. Um, I don't know. That's number one. Um, yeah. The thing is just – Every player that has these situations says he didn't know. So that's just, it's the normal behavior. So I'm not saying yes, no, maybe so, but Edelman had the same thing. Patrick Peterson had the same thing. They all just say, oh, we didn't know how this got into our body. That's just the, the normal statement people put out. So um, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Whatever it is, he is suspended for the first six games and um, yeah. they'll have to move forward because of that. So 2022, the Cardinals have pseudo murderers row to start i mean the kansas city raiders rams you know it, they it's you're gonna find out a lot in the first three weeks and i think the cardinals kind of caught a break in week one playing a really tough opponent because week one is the first preseason game pretty much i mean you don't really know anything and it is at home and they're playing they're playing patty mahomes and the new look just they just signed every free agent this offseason uh offensively um for 2022, if I give you the option of regress, stay the same, or improve record-wise, like, I mean, the Cardinals have, they've got a tough strength of schedule, but it's not, you know, I mean, it's, everybody plays tough teams, and it's a long damn season, and the second half of the season is pretty much predicated upon injuries. Like, do you see from this offseason the Cardinals can at least stand pat from where they were last year? If I was, if you gave me those three options, I would probably say potential to stay the same record-wise in other words they're not going to be eight and oh and then fall off a cliff but right. eventually get to that 11 and six point it's really dependent on how kyler and the, that offense does in those first six weeks 
without Hopkins, without that big body receiver, without that guy who needs double coverage all the time. I'm actually just fascinated by the whole idea of having Zach Ertz, who they traded for last year, immediately made a big impact. I think he had seven targets per game when he was there. Um, he was big. Max Williams, before he got hurt, um, he's recovering now. He'll, he's back then. And their first draft pick this year is Trey McBride, the top tight end in the draft. So you have three really good tight ends. Is the plan to use these guys on the field at the same time, at least two of them at the same time? I'm curious to see how that all unfolds. I think maybe that's part of the plan while Hopkins um, is not around. But you mentioned that start of the year. I mean, you would hope that during that Hopkins suspension, at least get to three and three. Mm -hmm. And then from there, get him back. I, I'm a guy who believes in, you know, adding a player at some point during the season, he brings a spark. Like Odell came to the Rams, there was a spark. Um, I feel like if they're at a point where they are three and three or even two and four, but now Hopkins is coming in and the offense is averaging 25, 30 points a game. Now we're feeling good. Let's do this. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's really dependent on how they do it during those first six weeks. In my opinion, having the Chiefs in the first week, I think I would never want to have Andy Reid in week one when he has all these months to prepare. Um, so that could be a bit of a, a bit of a mess. But um, again, how they do those first six weeks, that will be very telling to me. And from there, once Hopkins is back in the fold and they're able to go in, um, I think we'll see from there. One more thing I'll probably add. Cliff yeah. has seen all this stuff with the, um, I'm good in the beginning and then I just fall off a cliff in the end. I think he has that in the back of his mind right now. And I think that's something that he wants to prove people wrong. Similar to how Sean McVay this past year going into the NFC Championship game, everyone was talking about 0-6 against Kyle Shanahan, blah, blah, blah. He had that in the back of him back of his mind going to that game finally got the win so i feel like that narrative i think cliff has that he wants to get rid of it and um i think it will definitely be a talking point as the season goes on for sure and uh, one more thing here like the, the way i describe cliff kingsbury is like i don't know if you've seen the show entourage but he's he puts together a great movie trailer like he really does great play calling masterful stuff especially around the goal line when things work it's like holy holy crap what where is that the potency and the start to finish is the thing that's lacking. And I think that now he has stability. Maybe he'll feel a little bit more carefree and just do it more. I don't know. But like, that's the thing that I struggle with is like, where the hell was that? And then two false starts inside the five yard line, kicking a field goal and you lose by three. It's like, that's what we've seen more than his masterful call. So you're right. Like we're going to find out bandaid ripped off if this is going to explode in everybody's faces or if they're going to say, nah, 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 boo boo, we had this thing figured out the whole time. And, you know, I mean, it's just, well, and, and I do want to ask you one more thing before we get out of here. What's mm -hmm. your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals from a national perspective? I always ask people, it's like, I know it's exciting. I know like sometimes looking at a dumpster fire is fun from afar, but not so much up close. Like overall, when you, tweet something out about the Cardinals or when you talk about the Cardinals, like you did on the podcast with Trevor Sigma filling in for, for the normal host over there. Yeah. Normal thoughts about the Arizona Cardinals to go through your brain. Honestly, there I've had this conversation with a few people. There are a few teams in the league that I just feel like we don't talk about them. And I don't know if it's because their media presence is very low. I think Arizona is part of that. The Chargers are part of that. I feel like the Seahawks are part of that. From a national perspective, we just don't hear about you guys. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because you guys don't have that many reporters on Twitter that we see. I don't know what it is, but it just feels like there's always stuff that we miss. Like even when Cliff Kingsbury does a press conference, I don't even know if there's a live stream that goes out. Is there? I, I usually don't see it. Is there yeah, one? at times there is, yes. At times, but it's not always, right? 
yeah, it depends. Exactly. So like, it just like feels like stuff that we would want to see as the national people where we tune in like the Panthers and the Giants and the Jets. They Every press conference, every player is live streamed. It pops up on our Twitter timelines. We check it out. We don't really have that with the Cardinals. I don't know what it is, but um, again, just going back to the, 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 you know, the reality. When you have a young quarterback, an exciting quarterback, everyone is tuning in, just wants to see that guy. I think Kyler has that element. He had a couple years ago, he started off the year where it felt like he's a serious MVP candidate. If he's able to do that, everyone is tuning in. Eventually, the primetime games will come in. Eventually, you know, they're anyways always in that late window on Sundays, so they're always going to be on red zone because there's only three games going on. You know what I mean? So, like, there's always going to be that element of it. But for me, I just feel like for some reason, we don't see you guys enough. I don't know what, what, why that is, what that is, but um, that's just me at least. Fair enough. I appreciate the candid, the candid response. And and one other thing that we'll add if Kyler continues this journey, free agents will come in. And that's yes. something the Arizona Cardinals, aside from people who want, you know, one less contract before they retire, and that's not everybody, but a lot of Terrell Suggs have come in here for seven mil and then got cut and then go won a Super Bowl somewhere else. Uh, Ari Mayrov at my sports update, Pro Football Focus. That's 29 minutes from one of the best insiders on the damn planet. Locked on Cardinals. Stick with me. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you Monday.